This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. So this afternoon, my main focus is really going to be on the youth of the congregation. Um, But you know, it still applies to us. Anything in the Bible is still going to apply to us as well. So it doesn't mean you can sit back and and take a nap. You still need to listen. Um, And part of that's going to be because we play such an important role in our youth's lives. They look to us for direction and and guidance and example. So it's kind of going to spin off or be a spin off of what Matt talked about last week with putting on the whole armor of God. Uh, I'm not going to reference that other than, you know, Matt talked about that last week and how having a hard time or thinking about having our kids leave the house and, you know, we want our kids to be home and we want to have that protection over them. And so what we're going to talk about today, I believe, will, will help out with that. And one of the problems that our youth face today is that they look for answers in the wrong places. And they try to, to overcome many of life's challenges in worldly things or worldly thinking. And sometimes they think that the problems that they have are more than they can handle. And as adults, as adults I think we can relate to that, you know. We've been through that before. We were teen- teenagers once. We, we had those thoughts of this is just too much for me to handle right now. We have a hard time. We had a hard time at one point dealing with those things as well. Sometimes feel like the world's against us, or you know, we we just can't see past it. We at times would let our problems fog our mind and our judgment, and uh, that can leave us feeling completely alone in the world. And the thing is, we all know that isn't true because we know that we have family that loves us. We've got friends that love us, you know, people that care for us. And ultimately, we know that God loves us. But for some reason, in that moment of feeling alone, we we tend to just disregard those things, don't we? We don't think about, well, I know that my parents love me. I know my friends love me. I know that God loves me. We just don't think about it because we can't see past the problem at hand. And that's why it's so important, as Matt mentioned last week, to put on the whole armor of God to protect us. Because if God is for us, then who can be against us? And I realize that not every young person here today is a Christian. You haven't been baptized for the remission of your sins, but you're all here because you believe in God. You believe in what the Bible says. You believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he lived a perfect life here on, here on earth, He was crucified on the cross for the atonement of your sins and rose victorious over death with his resurrection. So I think you would all be in agreement with that, and I want like you to remember those things as we go through this study. I guess I could give you the title, A Guide to Christian Standards. So the basis of our study is going to come from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 16, where Paul's writing uh, to Timothy, and I believe it can be used as an excellent guide for the type of Christian standards that our youth um, need to have and that everyone that's part of the church needs to have. And I tried to find a source that could give me an exact age on, uh, you know, the age that Timothy was when Paul wrote this, and I couldn't get a definite age. And the best guess that I could find was somewhere 
probably in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. So don't, I don't know that for sure, for sure. That's just kind of what I could find in the, the research that I did. So he was obviously still considered to be a youth because in verse 12, it says, let no man despise thy youth. So, you know, why would Paul say that to Timothy if he were older? It just wouldn't make sense. And I know we think, when we think about youth, we tend to think of someone that's probably typically under 20 or maybe even early 20s. That's kind of what we have in mind. But the Greek, ter- the Greek term youth is, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correctly or not, neotes. And in that culture, someone could be considered a youth until they were around 40 years old. So keep that in mind as we read these verses. And we're going to go ahead and read through that, and then we'll kind of break it down. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 16. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So Timothy is a youth, he's a believer, he's a leader, and he's a young minister. So Paul's writing to Timothy basically to help him as a young church leader to better understand his duties and the things that he should and shouldn't do. And that's why this is an, ex- an excellent. Ex- that's why it's an excellent guide for the type of Christian standards that our, u- our youth should uphold, and that we, as uh, Christ followers, should uphold as well. But the reason I'm mainly tar- targeting the youth this afternoon is because they need to start these habits early in life. We all know that when you start something early in life, it's a lot easier to continue that as you get older rather than trying to start whenever you're, you know, maybe you're mid-30s or 40s or 50s or whatever it is. It's it's like the old saying, it's can't teach an old dog new tricks. So that's why I've mainly targeted the youth on this um, so they can start good habits early in life rather than later in life. So let's break down the verses we just read and let's find these guiding Christian standards. Number one, follow the standard of scriptures. 1 Timothy 4, 6. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Well, Timothy had been trained in the faith 
and Paul was admonishing him to follow his training. Youth, this is why it's so important to get established in your Christian walk. Getting a solid foundation in your youth makes it much easier when you get older. Think about when you first learned to ride a bike. You know, it took work and it took perseverance, didn't it? Now you can do it without thinking. You just get on and you go. You know, maybe the first time you started playing a sport, it was basketball, football, ping pong, volleyball, whatever it may have been, you probably weren't all that great at it because you didn't know a whole lot about it, did you? But once you, you started practicing, maybe you had a coach, you listened to your coach, and you became a better player. The same thing applies to your Christian walk. The more you study, the stronger you're going to become in your faith. The stronger you are in your faith, and the less likely you are to fall the temptations. Your youth years can be a powerful time in your life. They shape the type of person you'll become. And a bad decision can be detrimental to your future. Just as a good decision can set you up for great things, a bad decision can set you up for bad things and make it harder for you to get started in life. Second Timothy verse three, or chapter 3, verse 15, And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. You may be a new Christian or maybe you've been around the church your whole life. The key is to learn when you're young and be an example for those around you. Number two, don't listen to it. Stay focused. And that's verse seven. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. You know, as you go through your teenage years, you're going to hear a lot of stuff that's really just trash. It's stuff that doesn't matter. Um, it's not relevant to your Christian walk with God, so you need to try to keep it out. Don't give it the time of day because you're, you're just going to waste your time. But you got to keep your guard up. You know what's right and you know what's wrong, so don't participate in it. Sometimes as teenagers, you're going to get worked up over something that may or may not happen. And in the grand scheme of things, it, doesn't, it really just doesn't amount to anything. Nine out of Nine times out of ten, whatever it was just ends up being nothing. You're not a big deal, and you realize you got worked up over nothing. And there's going to be people out there that just, they talk and spread gossip just to do it. They do it because they want to get a rise out of you. They do it just to stir the pot. And I hate to tell you this, but it's going to happen most of your life. Depending upon where you work, what kind of career you have, and people that you're going to have to deal with through, you know, each day. I mean, I've had people say stuff about me here recently at, at work that aren't true. Recently, I, I took over the old ambulance barn because that's going to be my office. It gives me a place to work on stuff for the, uh, for the county. And apparently, not only did I get the barn, but I'm getting a raise that's going to put me making more than what the commissioners make. And that was news to me because that's not what my paycheck shows. So I, I don't know where this person got that information, um, but it was brought to my attention that, they, that that was told. And so, like I said, it was a surprise to me. But, you know, it's not the first time it's happened. I'm sure it won't be the last. It's just it is what it is. But I can't, I can't let it get to me. You could ask Cressa. There are some things that were said that I was in prior times that I got upset 
And I've learned that just, you know what, you consider the source, you move on, you let your actions speak for you. I take care of my job and I get done what I need to get done. But, you know, if I were to react in a negative way towards that person, I go to them and I just start yelling at them and, you know, accusing them of all sorts of stuff and get mad, then I've lost because I'm basically not any better than they are. I haven't done anything better than they've done. And then that's going to turn around to, well, he's a hypocrite. Now the talk is, yeah, Britt's one of those Christian hypocrites. That's why I don't go to church. They're just a bunch of hypocrites. So then you see the cycle just keeps on and keeps on the more you feed into what they're trying to, to do. So it's hard to not listen to some things. It's hard to not want to get upset about it. In a lot of circumstances, you just go talk to the person and maybe you can figure out where it came from. I haven't talked to this person because everyone in the courthouse knows that that's kind of what happens with that particular person. So, uh, but just keep those things in mind. Don't listen to things. Stay focused on the word, and you'll, that'll help you get through it. And number three, train yourself to be godly. Verses 7 through 8, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For, boldly exercise, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. There are a lot of people out there that own exercise equipment, and they don't exercise. I'm sure when they bought it, they thought, this is going to be great, I'm going to get in shape, and it just, you know, they did it for a while, and then it kind of fell to the wayside, and they quit. The same thing could be said about us as Christians and with our Bible. You know, a lot of Christians, they first become a Christian, they open the Bible, they study, and then over time they quit, or maybe they just rarely open their Bible and study. And something that I wish that I would have done at an early age is discipline myself enough to study the Bible every day so that it wouldn't be so difficult as it is now. If for some reason, it's, it's hard for me to always sit, set, about, set aside time to study. And it's just harder. If I'd have done this when I was younger, it would be so much easier to me. You know, I enjoy exercising. I want to be in shape. And so I do those things. That's something that I've done since I was a kid. I've always kept up with that. That was a good habit. If I would have started the habit of studying daily, it would have been, I'd be more profitable for it today. And that's something that I struggle with. So as, as youth, as young kids, start now. Don't put it off. You know, find you something you want to study about it and study about it. If you need help, we're here to help. like I said, um, you start good habits when, at an early age. You understand that things better as you mature in your spiritual life. It'll make it easier for you to grow spiritually. It keeps you on the straight and narrow so you can have the promise of eternal life. Number four, labor and reproach. And this is verses 9 through 11. It says 10 there, but it's actually through 11. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, 
especially of those that believe, these things command and teach. We have no reason to doubt the scriptures because they came from God. We know Christ came to earth to live a perfect life and was sacrificed on the cross to save us from our sins. We believe that God has revealed a plan of salvation for everyone and invites everyone to be saved. And because we believe this, we have to be willing to do the labor. We have to be willing to do the work to spread God's word, even though it can bring reproach or criticism, meaning some people aren't going to want to hear it. Some people aren't, want, aren't going to want to hear that you're a Christian. Some people don't want to hear about God. They want, don't want to know that Jesus died for their sins. They don't care because they've already got their mind made up that they're going to live their life however they want. But just because you get rejected or they criticize you for it, it doesn't mean that you can't stop or that you should stop trying to preach God's word. If they don't want to listen to it, well, go to the next person. Number five, don't let anyone look down on you. Verse 12, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Don't let anyone look down on you just because you're young. You set the example of what a believer is, what a true Christ believer is. And you do that by studying the Bible knowing sound doctrine so you can guide or teach others about God. You do that by conducting your conversations with others in a godly manner. Do that by showing others love and compassion. Do that by exercising your spiritual gifts that God's given you. That could be preaching, being a good listener, or simply being there for someone during a difficult time. Do that by retaining your faith, never letting your faith in God falter. Do that by keeping your mind pure, pure of bad immoral thoughts. That involves keeping your body pure, saving yourself till marriage. Don't put yourself in a type of situation that could end up being detrimental to your future. Don't put yourself in a situation where you could do things that you don't want to do. Because I know you think in your mind, you think in your head, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Well, when you get put in that situation and your hormones and your emotions start going places, things happen. And it's not anything that, that you want to happen and you live with that regret for the rest of your life. So be a good example to your peers. In your words, in your actions, how you act in public and private. And as I said, in love and faith and impurity. Number six, reading. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Read your Bible any and every chance that you get. Encourage others and one another. Take opportunities to teach people about God. And this doesn't mean that you have to get up here and preach. This ties into what we talked about in the last few verses. We can teach people by our actions, how we speak to each other, how we show love and compassion to one another. Because no one's going to be a part of the church if we're cussing, if we're telling dirty jokes, we're spreading gossip, being disrespectful, or any other crude action. Nobody wants to be a part of a church that's doing that. And if they do, it's not the right church anyway. It's not following Jesus If we follow these Christian standards, we have a lot better chance of getting people 
to come to our church, to come to Christ's church. Number seven, recognizing and developing your talent. Verse 14, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. You know, gifts are given by God to every one of us, and it's up to us to recognize those gifts and to continue to develop, continually develop them for God. Figure out what your gift is that God's given you when you're young and develop it. And just think about what your, what, or how great that gift could be when you get older. And I know as a young person, sometimes it's hard to think about the next few days. It's hard to think about past the next week or maybe your next birthday. But try to think about your future. Where do you want to be spiritually as a young adult? Where do you want to be spiritually as a husband or a wife, a parent? Young men, do you want to be a godly man that God's called you to be? Do you want to be a deacon or maybe an elder of the church one day? That preparation and work, it starts now. It doesn't start when you get older, after you get married, or after you graduate high school. It starts now. Young ladies, do you want to be the woman that God's called you to be? Do you want to be the woman in church that the young ladies come to for advice? That preparation starts now. Not when you get older. It starts right now. Don't put it off because it's hard to start that routine when you get older. And I promise you, you will regret not starting now. Number eight, take heed to self and doctrine. Verse 16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Pay attention to what you're doing. Pay attention to yourself. What are you doing Or are you doing what the Bible says? Are you living by standards that God wants a Christian to live by? And if you're not, then you better start living by them now. Don't wait. Live by those standards and continue in them to stay in God's grace and to help bring others to Christ. Youth, God has a purpose in your life. Sometimes life may seem confusing. You don't don't know where to turn. Turn to God. Because God's always there with you. If you think that he's not listening because you haven't received an answer, don't give up. He's working on it. I promise you, he's working on it. God will help you, but you have to give it to him and leave it with him. Quit dwelling on it. If you have any struggles or things you're going through, let others know. We're supposed to bear each other's burdens. Talk to your parents about it. If you don't feel like you can talk to your parents about it, you're embarrassed about it, talk to your grandparents about it. Talk to someone that you trust about it. Don't just let it go. Don't just bottle it up inside. You've got to let it out because the more you bottle up, the worse it gets. And it could turn into something even worse than that. It could turn, can turn into a bad bout of depression. There are so many things that, that could happen with that. You've got to let those things out. You've got to talk to somebody. But most importantly, you need to give it to God. Because you're important to this church. You're important to your parents. You're important to your friends and family. And most importantly, you're important to God. You have a place in his kingdom. 
It is up to you to give God your will and your entire life. I listened to a, a video, I think it was yesterday, just it popped up, which was kind of odd because it was about standards. And this is about a two or three minute video, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you the whole thing, he said, but he talked about standards, he talked about Christ standards. And there are people that are going to try to manipulate you to not live by those standards. They're going to try to get you to come with them and do the things that they do. And you have to resist that temptation. And it may not happen while you're in junior high or high school. Once you get to college, there are a lot of temptations, a lot of temptations. You're not at home with your parents. You're not... More than likely, you're not going to come back every Sunday to church here. You're going to go somewhere else. You're not going to have all of us around you. You'll have other people around you, but you don't know them as well as maybe you know us. Different things that you could get into when you're in college. But you've got to keep your Christian standards. And one thing that he, that he said that, uh, uh, that really stuck out to me was, he said, you have Christian standards... But if you're not willing to lose something to keep those standards, then they're not standards, they're just suggestions. Which means you're not taking the Bible as standards, you're taking what Christ, what God said, as just a suggestion. And the Bible is not just a suggestion, it's a way of life. It's a standard that you have to live by. So if you're not willing to to lose a friend, lose some type of relationship, lose a, 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 be wrong in a conversation, you know, then you're not living by those standards. You're just using it as, as, a, uh, as a suggestion. You have to be willing to lose something in order to, to live up to his standards. Because people are going to call you a Bible thumper. They'll call you a Jesus freak, goody two-shoes, one of those Church of Christers, a church goer. I mean, the list goes on and on, the things that they're going to say. But when you hear those things said about you, don't back down from it. Own it. Yes, sir, I am that. <laughs> That's exactly what I am. You own that. Don't let them talk down to you. That being said, though, if you're not... Living a Christian life, if you're not being that good Christian example, it's going to be real hard to, to do that, isn't it? It's going to be hard to say, yes, I am, when you're not living that life. So you've got to keep those standards. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing area at gmail.com. Or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.